How are the leaders at all levels of management tackling the toughest challenges each day? That's the question. And this podcast is the answer. I'm Rob Fonte, and I'm bringing on the brightest minds in management to share practical solutions to those challenges you're facing. Let's get ready to jam. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Leadership Jam Session. Today's guest is Dr. Calvin Lawrence, who's a motivational speaker and a leadership consultant. Dr. Lawrence has over 40 years of experience teaching and leading in the educational system. He also has a doctorate in educational leadership and administration. Dr. Calvin, welcome to the Leadership Jam Session. Well, thank you, Rob. I appreciate you having me on the show. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. And are you ready to jam? I think so. I, I better be. I want to just kind of start off by talking about your leadership journey, because okay. I know that a, a interesting career paths as you progressed over time. So perhaps you can share a little bit about your journey with us. I began my career thinking I was going to be a lifetime coach because I had some really great mentors who were coaches. It really starts there. And I had a mentor who came aboard and started looking at leadership from a different perspective because coaches are leaders, I think, I think in most cases. But this was a leadership in the building, classroom, that kind of thing. And that was one of the altering periods of my life because I think I've spent now the last half or last three quarters of my career more so in the classroom or more so in that respect working with people from that side of it, as opposed to being on a field or on a court. So you were, you kind of started out as a coach. What, yes. what sport? Just curious. I kind of almost did everything, football, basketball, track and field, mm-hmm. a little bit of wrestling, you name it. And you were a teacher as well. And I was a teacher as well. But you're, you're kind of pat because you ended up teaching at, at, at a higher level education, right? But yes. But yeah. your path to get to the academic level was a little bit different. It, it wasn't it, it wasn't was, a traditional route, is that right? It was not. I, I, at least I don't think it was in my eyes. So I spent about first five years teaching and coaching. And then I felt like I needed a, there's a longer story to it, but I needed something different. And that was the master's degree. Worked on that full time. That brought me to Texas. And then it was down the road that I felt that I needed to have a doctorate. It wasn't like I had this image right off the bat that this is the next step. It was a little bit later. So you started out as, as a teacher. What grades did you teach? Just curious. I had the extremes. I started out with kindergarten through fourth grade, and then I would go and coach in the afternoons at a high school. So the way they had my assignment set up, I had a high school assignment with athletes at another school not too far away. And then I had the elementary kids. I was never really thinking about being a principal or superintendent or any of that other. And then the, again, like I said, the doctorate kind of got pushed in there a little bit later because it was like in education, it's it maybe not the same as like in business or corporate America, but in education, the more education, the better. So I, I never thought about it. I never thought about the administrative piece until I had this mentor who also put me on to my wife 30 some years ago. So he was a huge and still is because he's still living huge part of my life in terms of just redirecting my thoughts and making me believe I could do it too. Uh, so he really kind of put you on a couple different paths. Yeah, he did. Including, he did, he your, did that. including with your spouse. So <laughs> I, I guess you do owe him a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I do. We used to take him out and we missed it this year because he wasn't feeling up to it. But every Valentine's Day, 
we take he and his wife out to dinner because that was our way of, we can't ne ever pay them back. The only way we can pay them back, Rob, is to pay it forward, yeah. which is maybe part of our discussion today as well. Well, it's interesting that we were talking the other day and I was sharing that I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for yeah. somebody who kind of came along and, and, and recruited me to come work for her in the, in the training department at the company I was working with that time. And which, which really wasn't anywhere on my, on my <laughs> development path, wasn't even in my mindset at all to go in, yeah. in, into training and, and build out management training workshops. But again, she saw something in me that, that I never knew was there. And it sounded right. like your mentor kind of did the same because that was not anywhere in your thought process to move into a leadership position, right? If no, it wasn't. And in in when we had that discussion, we talked about, it wasn't me who went and seeked him out. Yeah. He sought me out. So I had to change my paradigm in terms of that. As I got older, I'm thinking, where are these young guys? They're supposed to come get me, right? Because I know a little something. But it wasn't that way with me. In fact, the, the best mentors I've ever had have always, just like you said, have seen something in me. And then they cultivate it. And they, they have a great way of doing it without you even know that they're doing it. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm doing some things that I didn't think I could do. You just reminded me that I, I was playing golf with, her name was Kim. Um, uh -huh. was my, my former manager that recruited me to come in, into training. We were playing golf at a company event. Or I'm not even sure if it was a company event. Either way, it was on a golf course. She kind of just, just sprung this on me, right? And I wasn't sure. Maybe she was just trying to throw me off my game so she could win. Or, or <laughs> yeah, so but, win. Yeah. but you make a great point. I think that's important for those of you out there that might even be new to leading. It's important for all of us to really keep an eye on Mm -hmm. on the potential of our employees. Right. And right. and sometimes it is up to us to point them in a right. different direction. Right. I, I think that's true, Rob. I don't know how fearful I was coming into my career path, but I, I'm sure there was some fear and trepidation there. And it's like, if you're the, the mentor or the, the possible candidate to be a mentor, it, the onus, I think, is really on you in terms of going out and mining that potential talent because the folks are there and sometimes they'll they'll give up before they need to give up. And it's like, it's on us to think, oh no, let me kind of take them under my wing. And there's, there's ways of doing it as you learn and relate to people. And then you you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it is up to, a lot of it is is on us to cultivate and mine for that potential. A lot of people talk about how the employee owns the development and they do. Yes. But in many respects, they don't even at times know which path to go or right. even that right. they may have the potential to go down a different path. So we should uh, always right. be helping to guide and, and help shape our employees' career paths. Yeah, I hear you on that because the developmental pieces are, are kind of a generic. Whenever an organization does it, they don't know the individual strengths of, of the, the members. And you've worked in places where there are thousands of people and they're giving them the same type of training. But people are at different levels and it's these relationships that we get into. And, and, that, and that was the way for me where a mentor kind of sees a little bit more or can see the potential ahead and they can kind of pull you out. And then the great things happen. Obviously, that puts you on a whole different path, right? I mean, yeah. It, yeah. it changed your, your whole career trajectory. I'm curious yeah. that relationship and 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 it's great that that to this day you still 
talk to your mentor, yes. right? Yeah. I think that's the other benefit that people don't realize. I mean, I got that conversation on the golf course was, yeah. I think, in 2010 or so. Mm-hmm. So years later, I still talk to her right. all the time. I am wondering, though, how do you think it impacted you when you became a leader? How do you think it impacted you in terms of how you approached your employees or even mentoring? I know it made me come out of whatever my shell was. And I think this guy kind of saw that I had more than what I was showing on the surface. So it made me kind of become the guy who, because he was the guy who went across the room. He, I have this thing about going across the room because sometimes they won't come to you, of course. And so you got to go to them. He was that type of a, a leader. And I still tell you, he's the best storyteller I've ever been around. So so I, I'm still working on that piece of it, Rob, because I like to speak and talk. but to be able to tell a story, to be able to go across the room, to be able to just kind of break down barriers and just kind of talk and and make people feel comfortable. Sometimes I think it's a gift, but there's also an art to working on that because I know I did not have that years ago. And I think I'm a lot better at it now because I've been intentional. Yeah. So talk a little bit more about being intentional. To be intentional. So that means they give me a role. If I have this leadership role, And I've got to be intentional about helping people to be their best at what they do. Now, I'll I'll do this. It kind of goes back a little bit to coaching, because if you know anything about sports and you mentioned golf and I I, I was a football guy, the best coaches, I was sure I'm almost certain that this happens in golf, too. The best coaches, they will take you where you are and put you in the best position to be your best. Mm-hmm. And you might have you might have a slice issue or whatever. That's the golf piece. I may have something in, that I had in football that would have made me not. But the coaches, coaches, good coaches, great coaches will see that and they'll put you in the best position and then also work on your weaknesses. So if I have done anything over time, I think I, I hope I'm the kind of person who once I get to know that and that's important too, because to, to, you can't do it unless you know who that person is. Mm-hmm. Once I get to know them, then I'm able to subtly work on their their strengths as well as their weaknesses and try to cultivate something there. And, and that takes a little more time. It can't be done from the C-suite. It's got to be done at the management level where the people are there and they're with you, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's kind of getting in the trenches. First yes. of all, I yep. can tell you're, you're a great coach because you mentioned I have a slice, which I do when we never <laughs> off of it. So uh, I, I do want to go back for one second though. I love the, the comment around going across the room. Yeah. Right. And, and being intentional about it. And right. I think that is important. And, and I love that tagline. I think it's something that I'll, 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 I'll use moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, I, I borrowed it. I, I got it from one of somebody else who, who, who talked about it all the time. And I realized that this guy that I'm talking about mentor did it. And now it's like, this is my, when I have opportunities to go across the room to, to engage with people, that's what I do. And it's got to be intentional. I better throw this in Rob before I forget. So the mentorship piece goes both ways. I, we, I was talking to somebody the other day about that. And I say, sometimes you feel like, as a mentor, you're giving, 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 constantly giving, and, and you don't get anything back. I don't agree with that philosophy. I think if you mentor, which is giving of yourself, you get a lot of things back. And some of the younger people that I'm mentoring, they know a whole lot more than I do in some areas. Technology is one of them. So if I'm mentoring and then I can get 
some feedback back and it helps me. It helps me to, number one, it helps me to grow. Number two, it helps me to stay young, helps me to stay connected. And so mentoring works both ways. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Right? I mean, one of the, the, the best ways to, to learn and even master certain skills is to teach and mentor. Yes. Yeah, it is. Because right? you got to know more than the people that you're teaching. And I can, I can remember in, in higher ed, especially, I had some people that were my age, older, and I would go in and I might be one, one step ahead of the posse. One step, Rob. I mean, I might have had read the chapter before and gone over it, and that was it. But I was one step ahead, and I had to learn more in order to be able to teach it. And so you're right. You're dead on on that one. To your point, though, I mean, there are times where your mentee is going to teach you some things as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that mentee will surprise you, and they'll come up with something, and you thought they had potential in one area, and all of a sudden, boom, it's like, and you got to be ready to, to, to get with them on that one and encourage them. Because you didn't even see that in them. But yeah, you're right. It, it works both ways. And I think it's important that that what you mentioned, you got me thinking about a mentor just gives and gives and gives, right? And, and right. the reality is, though, sometimes you may not even see the fruits of your labor right. until years and years later. And even then, you might not even be aware of it. Correct. You're right. You may plant a seed and you may not even see the, the tree grow. But somewhere down the line, because of whatever you did or what the, the, the impact, the influence that you had on that person, they're able to get to where they need to be or maybe even beyond what you even could have dreamed. Right. I agree with that. Yeah. I like to think that eventually it'll come back around <laughs> and, and you might yeah. see either. But to your point, I mean, here you are having like a reunion. So it sounds like you are a great connector and and you've obviously have touched the lives of many people, but there you are 20 years ago, yeah. you know, this, this was when, this was when you were principal Lawrence. Didn't have a doctorate at that time. I'm in the middle of that rat race where you're in the forties yeah. and you're trying to figure it out and, and you're still trying to make this progression. And I was there, but hopefully I didn't hurt too many people too bad. And I learned some good things and I was able to learn from my mistakes. So just talking about going across the room. Right. Yep. And and again, love that that term. There are those out there that feel as if somebody needs to come to me. Yes. If they want to mentor, if they want to mentor, right. they need to approach me. Right. Type of thing. But what we're talking about is, is a little bit of the opposite approach. But yes. What do you say to those that have that that philosophy that I should be approached, not the other way around? I, I would I would tell them this. I, I would say there's there's some truth to to that and you can sit back and wait for people but I, I would also caution them that you might miss the boat like I did for years because I thought it was even I even when I had people who had done that for me once I got into the role I thought maybe they should be coming my way and I realized that's not what happened for me and that's not ha what happens for a lot of young emerging leaders who are trying to find their way and there, we talked about this. There's a lot of fear out there and people can be fearful of even just approaching you. Mm. To me, the onus is really on that that leader, if they're a leader, he or she, to go across the room, to shake a hand and go. And, and you can say, and I had I had this philosophy for years because I learned it from a couple of people. Having an open door policy is not enough. I could probably say that now, maybe make that into a quote. 
because the open door can stay open, but no, if no one comes in, what good is an open door policy, right? So it's almost like you have to have to have events, have to have situations where you can take advantage of those situations so you can go out and touch people. And then it breaks down the barriers that people have a tendency of putting up and, and resisting maybe going to, to, to get some help when they really need it. It's a great point about there are some out there that are fearful of, of approaching higher level leaders, right? right. That, oh, yes. they're just too busy. They don't have time for me type of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I mean, their I used title, to... their title is too lofty, like right. Bob Fonte. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that's, that's <laughs> over here on this side, but you're right. I mean, it's, yeah. it, our brain kind of plays tricks on us, but then again, yeah, you don't have the experience to know any better too. You're right. Right. That's true. That's true. Right. And some of which, it has... which would, which would be that argument with that leader who thinks, they need to come to me and going back to them to say they don't have the experience to think the way we think. They're not even at that level yet. But if you go across the room, you can get them, help them get up to a, another level and, and it's back on you. Right. And sometimes right. these individuals don't even know what path. To right. On and right. and. Uh, or that there is another path there. Or that there is another path. You did, you gave a great example when you said what you said about the the gal telling you, hey, I got this idea. And you had no idea, but you were the perfect mentee. You were ready, willing, able to jump off into that and, and just trust her. And that's the, oh, that's the, the one of the critical words in that men mentoring piece is that I trust you. Mm. And I trust if you're going to put me in this role, you're not putting me up there to fail. You're you're helping me to succeed and maybe exceed whatever I thought I could do. What else would you say? Any any like best practices on on what makes a mentor mentee relationship successful? Well, another thing would be just being authentic, being yourself. Because sometimes we we have a tendency to, uh, you know, you play into your role. And I've I've got a doctorate, but it doesn't mean that I'm some lofty guy that that thinks up here at a Einstein type level. I I tell people, because I try to diffuse that, I'll tell them the doctor is all about persistence. I was persistent. I Sometimes I think I'm too stubborn for my own good. But if I start something, I'm not going to quit. And that's just the, the nature of that beast. Mm -hmm. And so those are some of the things I think right, right off the top of my head. Just one more question here. What would you say are some of the biggest mistakes mentors make? Yeah, the first one just pops right off the top of my head is that assumption you assume that these these emerging young people or they that they know they know these career paths they know what to do next they know that they can come to you 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 make some assumptions that you can't make so the intentionality piece is i don't make any assumptions i just go in and I, i'm not gonna have a problem if if they already know what i'm trying to share or tell them but i don't assume and that would be a big one right off the bat that I can think of. Yeah. So make no assumptions kind of walk. Make no assumptions. Yeah. Make no, some people look look really, really good on the outside and they've written or they communicate well, but then what they're thinking and their processes might be light years from what you think they, they're able to do or what they're what they're thinking about. And so you when you get when you start doing the relationship thing, you start then you break down the barriers and you the transparency comes and you're able to, to talk and you're able to see, okay, now what's the next thing for this person? I, now I realize 
they don't have this particular skill set. This is what we need to work on. I think it's great advice. We have to remember ourselves. Right. Where they where are. We were. Right. Yeah. 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 Where, yeah. Where we were when when we were them. Right. 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 And, and, right. That, and we all sometimes forget. We kind of assume, oh, they should know that. Right. That's common knowledge. Yeah. Not don't don't make that assumption. Yeah. How quick we forget that. Yeah. Yes. I didn't know that at that <laughs> age either. Right. Man, I was I was horrible at 23, 26. I, Most of the people I mentored were far better. They were way ahead of the curve where, compared yeah, to where yeah, I was. I, I'm, I'm seeing that too, Rob. I'm seeing that even now where some people are doing things. And I thought, man, was I there at 30 something? I don't know that I knew that then, but you're, yeah, you're right. It's funny. I just had this discussion with a group of managers who serve as coaches for, for one of my emerging leaders program. Right. And we, we tell the emerging leaders that you have to reach out to your coach or to your yeah. mentor. You own yeah. the relationship. And, and inevitably, some don't reach out. And, right. and these leaders who are mentoring ask me, like, is that is that common? Should we reach out to them first or again? I'm like, you have to remember, they're thinking that, well, he or she is busy. I don't want to bother uh -huh. them. And as soon as I said that, they were like, oh, yeah, you're right. Because we used to That's think it. that way when, right. when we were in their shoes. Right. So right. it's it's so important. Yeah, I think the other thing, too, is as we're talking about this, is sometimes we have to also be careful that we might have it wrong. That yeah. perhaps yeah. the path that we, we, we think they have the potential right. maybe isn't the right path either. Maybe isn't the right path. And if you get to know your people, that's a big deal about knowing your people, you, you'll find out hopefully sooner than later that it may not be the right path. That you, but as a, a great mentor is going to help redirect, guide, steer, however you want to put it, and get them on the on the path to, to, for them to be success. Going back again, like that, I said, sometimes the coaches have somebody in the wrong role. And if they're smart, they'll move them around mm -hmm. where they can be the best them best person they can be in that role especially if they're part of a team also we do make that mistake that mentoring is a one-way street and maybe that's that's one reason that people have a hard time accepting a mentorship role if they think all i'm going to do is give and it's going to take a lot of my time and maybe even resources i don't know that i want to do that i want to get involved in that but it's like when i think about how Many organizations, so many organizations across the spectrum are having a hard time finding leaders, retaining leaders. And if you can think it's a two-way street, it's not one thing. It's not one person. It's, it's You get something from both sides. I am also getting a benefit out of this. I'm staying relevant. When I talk to these younger emerging people the leaders that are coming out that are going to be leaders i get details it's it's kind of like kind of like a, a qualitative study in a way i'm getting details on things that would help me stay more relevant as i get older cuz sometimes you get a little distant and so from that standpoint it's like wow i i need to stay with my ear to the to the grindstone because if i soon as i could disconnect then you really disconnect it's like Okay, that was good back in 1990, but it might not be good in 2022 or 23. And so in both aspects, you you give and you receive. And going back to that teacher thing, Rob, I always felt like, and I, I said the thing about staying ahead of the posse, I always felt like I learned more, had I learned more than my students because I had to know more in order to impart to them, whether they were children or adults. But I'm 
receiving more too. And you said something about sometimes you don't see that the end goal or the end yeah. game when, when it comes to whether you mentor or not. I've learned to not, I, I guess I've learned to not worry about that that much. I just know that my time, when I have time to impart, that's my time to impart. And some people are going to stay in contact with for 20 years, 30 years, some are not. But hopefully what you did was impactful enough that it made that person that much better of a leader. And that maybe, again, like I was saying at the beginning, there was no way I could pay those mentors, that one in particular. I, I can even pay them back by doing the February Valentine's dinner. <laughs> but what I could do is try to do the best I could going forward with people who were coming in in, in the future, because that's what he did for me. For those of you out there that are, are new to managing or, or relatively young in, in, in your leadership career, as you can hear from this discussion, don't wait for, for those to come seek you out. Some will, but but there are those out there that that won't, that that do need your guidance. And you can hear from this discussion. It's it can be very rewarding. Well, Dr. Kelvin, I appreciate you coming on and jamming with me and talking about this this topic. It's an important topic of mentoring. Yes, sir. And we'll leave all your contact information on the show notes for anyone out there that wants to get in touch with you. Sounds great, Rob. I, I really appreciate you having me on and I enjoyed it. And when you say jamming, that's exactly what it is. Well, <laughs> I'm glad you felt that way. Enjoyed the discussion. Thanks again. Thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with a friend or colleague who you think might also get some value from it. I'm Rob Fonte, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Leadership Jam Session Podcast.